Hello, podcast listeners. You've reached This Marketing Life, and I'm your host, Fiona McEachran. This Marketing Life is the podcast that discusses the real-world challenges and opportunities facing today's marketing manager. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes and visit thismarketinglife.com to subscribe to future episodes and cool marketing management goodies. And if you have any questions about marketing management, please contact me. As part of the 2020 crisis series of This Marketing Life, I am chatting with senior recruitment consultant with Sharpen Carter, Michael Barry. Michael has been specialising in marketing recruitment across Sydney since 2017. I think that's when we actually met. Originally from Ireland, Michael graduated from the Cork Institute of Technology with a research master's in marketing while also lecturing in the college's marketing and international business department. After moving to Sydney, Michael worked in marketing research and analysis at TAFE before specialising in marketing recruitment. Today, we are chatting about marketing recruitment in a time of lockdown and crisis. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hi, Fiona. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here. No, it's amazing. Thank you for joining me. It's a crazy time, isn't it? Um, we're, we're experiencing a, a once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-lifetime lockdown and coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, look, I think you're, you're pretty much hitting the nail on the head. It is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a thing. Um, something that we probably won't won't see again, hopefully not anyway. But look, I'm actually really glad that you reached out to me um, last week just to come on to your podcast. The reason being is, look, I suppose I'm actually in a pretty unique situation working in marketing recruitment. You know, I'm kind of at the forefront or front line, if you will, of, you know, companies and candidates and essentially acting as a, as a conduit between, you know, people who are hiring and people who are looking for roles. So off the back of that, look, I think I'm in a kind of good position to, to give you some of my experiences so far and kind of talk you through what I have seen. And look, hopefully it'll help some of your listeners. Sure, sure. I mean, how how are you? I mean, I mean, all this aside, how are you finding this very unique circumstance? Yeah, look, I'm I'm good. I'm good, all things considered. It's been it's been a challenging time for sure. It's been a time that I suppose none of us um, have ever kind of planned for, but it's something that, you know, it's something that you kind of have to, to get along with and, and run with. But look, in, in terms of look, all things considered, things are, are pretty good. You just kind of keep on, um, keep on doing what we're doing. And, you know, this is all temporary at the end of the day. There's going to be a point where we come out of this. So it's just, I suppose, how we re- react now in the here and now that will define us when we come out. True. It is. It's like writing the book while reading the book. Um, Essentially, it, uh, every, you keep asking everybody, uh, "Oh, what are we supposed to do now?" And people are like, "I have no idea." Um, let's just <laughs> listen to some politicians and let's listen to some health professionals and let's just all stay the heck away from each other. Anyhow, Love. It, <laughs> I, I I would have never thought that uh, I would live through this, but um, fingers crossed, uh, we're all going to come out the other end, okay? Oh, look, exactly. That's it. All we can kind of do is focus on ourselves and what we do. A lot of this, look, this whole thing is, is a completely external force. And I think that's the main thing to kind of take into account. You know, I'm in, I'm in no position to kind of offer, you know, advice on how people kind of, I suppose, act or behave or anything like that. But what I do do as a living is talk to a lot of people. And I think people's attitudes towards the situation has been one of the big things that I've seen um, come to the fore. 
Um, a lot of people are taking a positive approach to this and it's really encouraging to see, to be honest with you. Um, so hopefully there'll be a lot more of that and we'll, uh, we'll come out better and stronger, you know, when it is, uh, when it has oh, all subsided. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, but no, I, I want to get back into obviously your specialty, which is uh, marketing recruitment and just, you know, pick your brain a little bit about what has been going on and happening and you know what your advice is so I, I think initially I just want to ask you you know this crisis came came on us all very quickly and I think we were all kind of sh sh blindsided by what was happening but um, what was marketing recruitment like last year in 2019? Yeah look marketing recruitment was in a pretty good place last year and um, look it's fair to say it was it's been you know changing this year for obvious reasons but 2019 was actually a very good year and speaking from my own like personal experiences and with with my company sharp and carter we're going through quite a good growth phase you know growing um from a company that essentially started out in marketing recruitment in 2017 to being you know a more established player now and year on year there's been more and more um, activity more growth and look off the back of that there's been more roles so it's been quite quite buoyant and you know, it's been in a pretty good place in 2019. Um, look, in terms of a general recruitment year, you can you can pretty much follow uh, a typical flow of a year and a trend, if you will. And um, generally mm -hmm. speaking, yeah. So, look, as you can imagine, as look as any kind of job seeker can imagine, in Q1 things are starting out. You know, people are, yep. I suppose, returning from returning from their holidays, returning from, from leave, and it can typically be a little bit slow to get started in January, but into February and March, it, it typically picks up. Um, and that was the case coming into, um, coming into 2020 this year as well. It was no different. Um, oh, really? For, it was quite, yeah. it, there was, um, it was doing well the end of the year and good for, for January? Yeah, look, January was quite good. It was quite strong. It's it's never um the strongest month, but there was signs of, you know, of of I suppose quite a lot of um recruitment in the horizon. It was it was quite a, a positive, I suppose, month and start to the year. And look typically when you go into Q two, you're really, really getting busy in recruitment. Q three um is is probably your busiest and Q four as well wow. is actually very busy up until look, December things can sometimes get a little bit quieter, you know, as people are obviously checking out again for, for the end of the sure. year and Christmas and all that. But that's kind of how a general flow would go. And at the start of this year was no different. Q1 was um, was in a pretty good place. Obviously, things changed quite um, quite dramatically after after Q1. Oh, yeah. Um, it was strange, right? In January, we were just looking at China with our deepest sympathy and empathy for what was happening in China without even a thought for a second that, that those circumstances would very shortly be upon us. Look, I think it was something everyone was keeping an eye of, an eye out for and looking in the news for without really yeah. kind of understanding what impact it was actually going to, to have and look, myself included. You know, nobody could have, I suppose, seen the, the massive consequences that have kind of taken place since um, since then. So it kind of gradually came about. And obviously, I suppose around six weeks ago is when it really, um, you know, impacted. Early um, March. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Early March. Um, when it really impacted us, us here in terms of, you know, everybody pretty much changing how they work, you know, working from home and, you know, obviously all, all that happened after that as well with certain, you know, with businesses and jobs and obviously all the uncertainty that ensued but up until the yeah the uncertainty mm. yeah and yeah. i guess also then maybe six weeks ago or probably more likely four weeks ago marketers were getting laid off a lot mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Look, um, look. I, I think a lot of businesses were looking at their bottom line and looking at, you know, what they needed to do to get through this crisis. I mean, some businesses have still gone along fine and some mm. businesses are, and, and others have just, I mean, especially in hospitality or, or events businesses, they've had the rug pulled out from underneath them. Yeah, look, that's unfortunately has been the case, um, especially since the start of March, as you as you mentioned, that's when it really kind of started to turn. Some industries are obviously affected a lot more than others. If you look at yeah, events based industries or, or retail, you know, retail companies when when driving football is so key and getting people into stores, you know, they're obviously going to be impacted. Oh, very, retail, very yeah. Intensely. Yeah. Look, um, with that, you know, there obviously was a yeah, three to four week period of uncertainty and people not knowing what was happening you know the government were making were making you know announcements um you know daily weekly um and it was kind of a case of going with the flow i have mm. kind of sensed over the last couple of weeks as it has stabilized a little bit um a renewed optimism just in the way that people are speaking to me as look i am speaking a lot of to a lot of you know candidates searching and clients that are actually you know going about their business too and there is a renewed optimism over the last few weeks as i think it's kind of settled that little bit so hopefully that's something to kind of um to kind of take out of it and hopefully it's a stepping stone to kind of better days ahead you know yeah well mm. hopefully hopefully yeah. <laughs> um i'm just wondering you know there was this sudden rush to do remote working as we were told to stay away from each other. Mm. And I know a lot of businesses were prepared for this and it was just a very easy transition to close the office doors and have everybody at home. But a lot of businesses were not prepared for this. A lot of them had not used comprehensively video mm. teleconferencing software. Um, how, how did you find the businesses responded when it came to, did you hear anything in terms of you know this transition to remote working yeah look it's, it's going to be like it was pretty much a case by case um i suppose um action really a lot of businesses are equipped to work from home and have people working from home you know regularly as as part of their their normal um, their normal week so it's an easier transition for them look us in the recruitment world um, included we just need a laptop and a phone and, and we can work from True. anywhere essentially you know so with us it's it's been fine we work for a flexible company where we work from home a day anyway um, but yes, for, yeah, so it's fine for us. So it's just kind of a case of doing it more often than we were used to, which isn't the worst case scenario. But for other companies, look, that are more kind of strict and I suppose, you know, um, have a certain way of working with regards to these these um, processes. Look, that that definitely has been more of a challenge for them. But I think some good mm -hmm. has come out of it where it's actually forced some companies to be more adaptive, adaptive to be more flexible, to be more, I suppose, um, willing to use certain technologies available to us, like your, your Zoom and your Skype for business and your, you know, um, your different mediums for connecting people at, at home. So while it is challenging for a lot of companies, less so for some, look, it's going to hopefully kind of have a bit of a silver lining for how we actually operate moving forward. You know, hopefully we'll avail of a bit more of a flexible environment moving forward and using technology that little bit more and, and better even. Sure. Well, some office space is very expensive. So mm. if, if you can, if, it, if we're talking about businesses surviving and businesses, you know, maximizing their revenue and maximizing their profits, maybe, maybe that super expensive office with, with the view it may not be the most important thing anymore if you can have some of your team working remotely. Look, that's exactly it. That's exactly the the, the point. Look, there will be um there will be some good come of this. It'll kind of open the eyes of a lot of businesses and how they operate, what they actually need and what is actually, you know, of utmost importance. Um, can they actually do things on a, you know, on a bit of a 
I suppose, reduced format, whether it's their office, office space or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it, it will kind of look open the eyes of a lot of businesses, I, I think. So I'm just trying to kind of keep the view of um, while these are challenging times and challenging situations, there's definitely going to be some um, mm-hmm. some good stuff come from this. And hopefully businesses will really, you know, continue to kind of, you know, be creative, be adaptable, adaptive off the back of all of this as well, you know, which, which as I say, keep, businesses have been doing over the last while and it's encouraging to hear. No, it's true. I mean, has has the whole remote working thing, how has that impacted recruiting mm. as such? Because I guess recruiters are normally used to, you know, I, I notice some companies do promise businesses that they will meet the candidate face to face, you know, before they send the candidate in. And how has that, how has that worked in terms of obviously not being able to meet anyone face to face? How has that impacted your processes? Yeah, look, it, it's made us, uh, look, we've, we've had to adapt, um, obviously, given the, the circumstances in an ideal situ- ideal world. And what we have always done is is meet every candidate that, that we would, um, you know, ever, ever kind of represent because um it's really really important to do that to get a gauge of what that person you know really is about you know what their their kind of experiences but also their attitude and you know their their personality traits so i really do stand by by that obviously in these kind of you know these kind of circumstances it's just physically not possible to do that so what we have done is continued as business as usual as much as possible in that we're meeting candidates but it's all virtually done so doing all of my meetings um, and candidate meetings via zoom uh, via via skype for for business with my clients client meetings but whatever the kind of technology we're still meeting people face to face albeit you know it's not in in the in the flesh it's the next best thing so we're trying to try to maintain you know as much as business as usual as we can um and just trying to, to sure. kind of keep it um yeah keep it going as we as we used to as we can but I, I guess it then it hasn't really impacted how you assess candidates and stuff like that, has it? It's still it, that process probably still remains the same. Yeah, look, our, our process remains the same. Look, we if we are if we're talking to candidates, we obviously have an initial phone call, phone conversation, and phone screen, and then set up or you know what would be a face to face, but now it's obviously a virtual face to face. So the same the same things are being done. You know, we're getting to the same endpoint. Look. If you really want to kind of, um, I suppose, you know, look at look at the kind of positive side of it, it actually is increasing a bit of efficiency as well because you can do quite uh, quite a number of you know face to faces as well if you're doing them virtually and and on Zoom as True. well. So there's there's some um, you know some some good things to take from it. I ideally would and would like to go back to when it does settle, go back to that face to face interaction in in reality, because um, I do feel oh, like face to face. What is that? <laughs> yeah, that um, that uh, good old, good old thing that we used to used to do. But um, yeah, it obviously, will just play play the hand that we're being dealt now and try to make the most of it. You know. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what will become the new normal. All of, um, yeah. whether whether face-to-face will really return or people will go actually we're chatting to these candidates via zoom we're getting to know them and still getting mm. to get almost as much as that face-to-face interaction yeah so i'm hoping for a bit of both yeah. i'm hoping for a bit of both to be honest with you i'm hoping for people um oh like a hybrid model exactly yeah i think people um if they're if they use a bit of both and kind of really uh yeah mix mix and match the benefits to doing that you know if for example if i'm recruiting a role and you know uh, um, I want to represent a candidate or a shortlist of candidates and, and my client isn't sure if they want to devote an hour to, say, meeting each of these three candidates, five candidates in person. You know, there is a solution mm. here now uh, to suggest maybe, you know, a quick, you know, 15, 20 minute Zoom and get a feel for what this person has done and can bring. 
Um, and it really can, oh, it can the, speed up the process. Yeah, look, there's, there's definitely ways that I that I feel it can improve our processes and actually get get a bit more buy-in to get to the end goal. You know, so um, yeah, I think there's there's um, there's that to take from it too. So hopefully, companies will buy into it a little bit more um, while maintaining that face-to-face interaction down the line when we can get to that point again. You know. Yeah, well, it's still keeping that personal touch as much as possible, right? It's still keeping that that interaction. Oh yes, look, um, that face to face offers. Look, that's that's it, and uh, as we as we say, look, particularly um, like I can't speak for the all, all of the kind of recruitment industry really or other businesses, but here, you know, in our company at Chapman Carter, look, we're very very big advocates of meeting everybody because once you've met someone face to face, you can really you really know if they're going to be a fit. Yes, there's technical skills that are important for the role, but it's the intangible stuff as well about desire, motive what people want personality you know that you can only get when you you chat to people look face to face in reality our next best thing now that we're doing virtually wow mm. so uh, i've noticed you're you're a, a spe- specialist marketing recruiter mm. um what what is the real difference in being a marketing recruiter as opposed to just uh, these normal recruitment consultants yeah look like is there a distinct difference yeah look uh, recruitment consultants can be can be what they want to be essentially depending on what, obviously what the parameters are in the company but with um my own um my own business i guess my own kind of um area that i focus in i just focus on marketing recruitment because for the simple fact i don't want to be everything to everyone i don't want to be recruiting in other areas um i suppose 50 percent in another area another 50 or 20 you know 20 or 30 percent I want to focus on an area that I can actually recruit, you know, constantly and um, focusing on the same areas, same roles, meeting similar types of candidates, similar types of companies to improve efficiencies. So nothing should be new for me. Obviously, there will be here and there, but I want to be really specialist in what I do. And that is marketing recruitment. Obviously, with my background being an ex-marketer and ex-marketing lecturer. Yeah, true. Ex- that comes in it handy. Does, it does indeed when I'm meeting look, clients that I can tell them that I really understand. Uh, what the role is and and what they're talking about, which is always good, um, but also with, yes. with candidates because I meet um, a lot, a lot of candidates and I know exactly what people are saying, you know, I suppose what, um, who are telling me um, very good examples and I suppose who are probably dan- dancing around, <laughs> dancing around examples as well. So I can really nut in to um, examples of work because I've I've worked in, in the land in the area before so it does make it a bit easier but to I suppose look back to to your question sorry the reason why I recruit in just marketing is because I want to, to be the best in this area rather than be be focusing and spread too thin mm. no that's I, I think it's a fantastic idea I think the, the marketing industry is broad enough mm. that you know that there are so many different kinds of roles in that industry anyway that it really has expanded, especially, you know, with, with technology and the developments of different softwares. And obviously now with this, uh, you know, this uh, communication softwares that everyone's using, I mean, marketing just seems to be expanding and expanding. Yeah. So no, it would, it, it makes sense to specialize. Look, exa- exactly. And when we, when we started out like over three years, three years ago, we were, um, we were focusing on a, a broad remit of, of the marketing space. And obviously with the kind of um, more recent, you know, 
I suppose, movement focus on, on digital. We actually have, um, I suppose, specialist digital marketing recruit recruiters as oh, well. Really? Yeah. So we've brought, we've actually, um, I suppose, specialized even, even more where I'm actually focusing on more traditional marketing positions. So, um, on, you know, marketing managers, brand managers, product head offs, all the way down to marketing coordinators. And we have our own kind of digital marketing site, which would include your online e-commerce and all of that, because it's a, it's a whole being into itself. Um, and we want to have specialists there of too. Course. So, um, so yeah, we really want to be this, just kind of specialist in what we do and, and kind of focus on those areas. No, it's, it's great that you have such a detailed marketing background. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to ask, uh, so obviously you're seeing the skills that businesses are, are wanting mm. to, from marketers and you've seen the skills that they've been demanding. And, you know, I know you've mentioned, uh, marketing managers or marketing coordinators, which are more generalist roles, right down to your specialist kind of digital marketing um, and probably can go even further down. You know, I've seen content marketers, social media managers, uh, even marketing automation specialists. The roles can become quite mm. detailed. I mean, over the past 12 months or so, what are the skills that businesses are looking for the most from marketers? Yeah, look, um, there's no kind of one, you know, universal solution or, or answer for this. On, on, no on, unfortunately, egg. no, I don't have a unicorn answer here. But what I do have is a little, a little <laughs> bit of guidance anyway. Um, look, because oh. I recruit these roles, um, look, so consistently there is a bit of a team and a bit of a trend that um say for example what someone would look for in a marketing manager for example um look mm -hmm. ideally they want look marketing manager or anyone in, in marketing you're, you're going to want someone um firstly talking about the intangibles someone who is i suppose look has a can-do kind of attitude and i know this sounds like it's very um, up in up in the air, but someone who has shows resilience and a can-do um, attitude, roll the sleeves up attitude, is something that I hear time and time and time again. Um, so it's just something to I know you can't you know kind of quantify that, but you know you can certainly talk about no, it in, in I, examples. Um, sorry. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, no, you you can't. I know you can't quantify attitude, but attitude is also one of those things that is very difficult to create. Like to get as a skill mm. you know either you you have a certain attitude or you don't mm. either you're a go-getter you're resilient can do optimistic person or you're you're kind of not it's yeah. not really something you can go out and and study Look, that's exactly that's exactly it so um and i think now more so than ever look at the environment that we're in people are going to be looking for people who show resil resilience adaptability transferability can try to at least get to a solution rather than you know focus on the challenge so someone who really has that resilient nature and adaptability in this climate more so than ever is going to be really really um at the forefront of of thinking in my opinion anyway um so coming together mm -hmm. and just thinking of your examples of what you have done in the past to showcase those those um traits but also think about now what are you doing right now in terms of this challenging situation Obviously, it's affected a, a lot, a lot of people, not just, you know, one person. And it's an external factor that is, yeah, oh, well. exactly. So, you know, you can obviously sit down and, and kind of say, oh, why why me? Well, it's not just, you know, one person. Um, you can actually take actions to, to really step it up and, and kind of do things in this challenging time to, to kind of make yourself stand out. Like, you know, reconnecting with people, I suppose, up, updating, you know, any kind of skill set that you see fit anything that you really feel is going to, to show a bit of resilience moving forward. Um, I suppose with 
Oh, so basically re- reaching out to people you've worked with before, reaching out to old friends and colleagues and stuff like that. That's probably a good idea um, to do. Now, absolutely. Actually. No more. So never networking, connecting, re- like referring people, basically chatting to people and just kind of getting, getting them. Um, chatting uh, yeah. to people? What's <laughs> talking, that? <laughs> talking to people, my Irish, uh, my Irish um, <laughs> accent and slangs are coming through here. <laughs> but um, yeah, like speaking to your networks and really kind of just showing a bit of initiative to get back on, on that horse. Look, those are, um, I suppose, your, your kind of intangible stuff. But with regards to, to sure. you know, um, skills that other, I suppose, employers do look for. Look, project management is always a common one, you know, managing multiple projects at, at, at the same time. So just being able to kind of juggling exactly that balancing act um you know again it's going to be something at the forefront balancing a lot of things when we um you know come out the other side of of this so that's always um something to to look at um look someone who can take ownership you know run whether it's you know campaigns and and whatever it may be but someone who can really show the the ability to take ownership of, of projects people you know obviously working teams have guidance and and are managed but um if someone has that initiative and can take ownership, it's it's always something that's welcomed in, in companies. Um, can, can I just ask yeah. you about that? You know, taking taking ownership, taking responsibility. I mean, how to how should marketers do that? Yeah, look. I suppose first first thing is first is to assess the the state of play in any business that you go into. Um, understand okay. how processes work, uh, what the norm is, and just see where you can add value. Ah, processes, yeah. Look, see yeah. where you can add any value across any kind of any kind of processes. Really look, add value with ideas. It doesn't, you know, bring stuff to the table. You know, offer to take on more, more duties, offer to take on responsibility. Just show an initiative to really, really help out and, and kind of take ownership as much as possible. I know that you can only do that to a certain extent, given your role remit, but but as best you can. And sometimes it's true. You, you don't want to lose your evening. <laughs> look, that's exactly look, that's exactly it. But um it's probably just more the, the showing that you're there and can do that. Um more so than yeah. anything else. Yeah, putting yeah, your hand putting up. Your hand up, exactly. So those are probably the key things. If you want to talk about kind of technical um things and kind of to loop back into something I mentioned before, look, not just over the last year, but over the last number of years is obviously been a, an importance on that digital side you know it's it's a key component of a lot of businesses some businesses have really kind of broadened their digital digital kind of performance and um you know whether it's their their socials their their websites and um, whatever it may be they've really expanded over the last number of years look that's continuing to to be the case uh, some companies are slower than than others to to do that but if you can I suppose if you come from a strong background in 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 this space, then that's great. But if you don't, then you have some downtime. By all means, you know now is a good time to, to upskill and anything and and any way you can. I'm not saying you're going to complete a degree in the time this pandemic is going on, but you can certainly make inroads to <laughs> you can certainly make inroads or do kind of courses, you know, part uh, time or week two week courses, this kind of stuff, just to show um, that you're willing. willing to, oh yeah, no, well I have. I have seen a lot of platforms open mm. up and open up a lot of courses and, and people uploading a lot of courses to, you know, these, these you know, like Skillshare yeah. and stuff like that or LinkedIn learning and, and or even the tools like the, you know, the HubSpot learning area and whatever, all kinds of courses on, on social media or content mm. or, or stuff like that. I suppose it's a good time to just, I guess it's every business kind of needs that kind of awareness and skills, especially when it comes to digital marketing. So it's probably, this is probably quite a good time to upskill 
that those are that technology that's exactly it look upskill in any areas that you feel you may be kind of lacking or you want to kind of develop and look even if you're kind of looking to align yourself um you know down a different path or a slightly different industry or area when we kind of click back into gear now is the time to do it you know let's let's turn the a kind of challenging mm. situation into you know something that can actually be quite positive and, and make the most of it too you know mm. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, we've got this time. I mean, it's starting to look like things are going to be getting better. Mm. It, I mean, certainly from an Australia's point of view, it looks as though we have fared quite well mm. globally um, through this crisis. So we may be back on our feet. Uh, I mean, with obviously borders locked down, but um, we'll be back on our feet sooner than other yeah, countries. Hopefully. So our, we could be back at business sooner. And like you said, you said you mentioned that. Um, you know, some businesses are already starting to think about getting back yeah, to, look, look, you know, yeah. Some kind, some kind of, of normality. Normal. Look, it's obviously going to be, you know, we're we're kind of at the, the hands of of what we're being um, being told, obviously from from government and whatnot. But what I will say from my interactions um, over the last six weeks since the start of March, say, um, I've talked to people for the first four weeks, and it was just uncertainty across the board. A lot of, I suppose, fear, um, skepticism, ifs and buts um, on the client side, company side, as well as this job seeker side. What I can say over the last, say, two weeks uh, into into kind of May, um, I have seen a renewed optimism because things have somewhat settled down. People have accepted somewhat of a new new norm um, for now, and people are kind of looking. Okay, this is where we are. This is the hand we're dealt, and and let's let's get on with things. So there is a renewed optimism, um, particularly from some some clients. You know, they're they're quite um you know some clients are more optimistic than others, obviously, but. But, um, you know, it's, it's dependent <laughs> on the industry as well. Some industries are actually quite busy in this in this period of time. Um, oh, well, actually, that's that's a yeah. that's a good point to talk about. Actually, what what industries are actually OK yeah. at this time or or uh, jumping in early to look at getting people back? back yeah, to work? So, look, I do a lot of recruitment across um, look, particularly over the last couple of years across B to I suppose B to C consumer products. So whether it's your kind of FMCG food and drinks. Not well, toilet look, paper. Look, if there's a there's a prime example <laughs> now if you want one, there's there's a brilliant example of a company who is ultra, ultra busy, especially at the start of this uh, this saga. So um look if you think of FMCG as well fast moving consumer goods that is mm. foods drinks what happened when everybody was yep. hearing about this epidemic shopping 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 shelves sold out um yep. these industries are very very busy you know um off the back of it so obviously you can compare that to you know some retailers who felt the opposite the opposite way like fashion retailers and stuff like that have who have felt the, felt the pinch oh, yeah. and events companies and stuff like that but it it is important to know that recruitment didn't didn't stop recruitment hasn't stopped at a dead end through this whole thing it's recruitment has still gone on it's just in certain areas there's pockets of recruitment there's industry there's recruitment in certain industries so i feel that some industries will look will kind of look to recruit sooner rather than others and look hopefully that'll be that will be quite soon i suppose something that i wanted to talk about as well is the actual length of a recruitment process like a recruit yeah Ooh, so please. like a recruitment process look It'd be brilliant, you know, if, if you met a candidate and you placed them two weeks later. It's fantastic when, when that happens. Yeah, Magic. But, but look, it, that's an <laughs> ideal situation. And as you can see, it's not an ideal world at the moment. So what a normal situation is, is 
from the moment you actually get a job brief from a company to the moment you place a candidate, have your references and contracts signed off. That can take up to six, even even eight weeks being a, being a realist. Um, yeah, wow. so if you think about it, before you, a candidate sees any advert, there's, um, I suppose, a meeting, you know, a meeting to get a proper job brief with the, with the with the company to assess what the actual role is and get really into the detail um, and then it's a case of mm-hmm. you know advertising from from my perspective advertising um look on, on, on online portals but also then going through my internal networks going through my referral referral base of system, going through all these different avenues oh, yeah, exactly. and look that can take a couple of weeks and then you well a week anyway and then you can obviously go into your phone screening um phase and you can go into your your meet your face-to-face um interviews before you kind of whittle down a short list of say you know three to five candidates this is you know rolling from week to week so before um you actually get to interview stage it could be you know two or three weeks into the process um and then you have your first mm. round interviews potentially one week your second round interviews potentially the week after and then you are at offer stage um hopefully and then you have your reference checks and you have your your creation of a contract so if you think about it if it takes five to six weeks to recruit a role where are we going to be in five to six weeks are we going to be in a more positive position i really really hope so yeah, oh, it so looks like a it. lot of shrewd companies and companies um, out there are kind of starting to have initial discussions just with um, that renewed optimism that I'm talking about, just to um, to kind of, I suppose. Well, they have to use forward exactly. planning, right? They can't just suddenly turn around and in two weeks, if they announce, you know, some lockdowns are ending, in two weeks exactly. they think, oh, okay, well, well, we need to hurry yeah, exactly. up and hire someone then. It's just like, that's oh, it. that's... When you have to do it so fast, that's when it gets tricky. 100%. So you're you're going from a standing a standing start when that's the case. So you know people want need to be preemptive, need to be ahead of the curve. I'm not telling everyone to oh go back to recruitment um, straight away now, but it's it's going to be case by case on business, and there has been um, signs of that. So um, yeah, forward planning is is a big thing at the moment. So um, so yeah, like the companies that do that will actually be you know ahead of the curve and probably have the pick of you know the, the best talent out there um, off the back of that. Wow, no, that's that's really insightful. I guess from a from a candidate perspective, or even a business perspective, it, to sit down and actually think about how long that process needs to be so that you place the right person in your business. Mm. I mean, that's that's yeah. step one, right? To decide, okay, right, it's going to take eight, six to eight mm. weeks to find the right candidate. Let's get started now and let's get this process going so that you know by the time things turn around, we. That's, we have the that's right it, exactly and and look another thing as well that's probably important to note you know i've spoken i speak to a lot of candidates a day and look um as i say a lot of it comes back to to um attitude a lot of them are positive but a lot of them are, are feeling it a little bit a uh, little bit harder and look a common thing that i get said to me is um i've applied for such and such a role and i've seen that there was 300 applicants or there was 400 applicants whatever the case may be and you know um yeah. like that, that's something that you know people really need to be mindful of not to worry about because it's yes there's all those applicants um yes there's more people in, in the market now given the circum- circumstances but that but yeah, we are ex- in a exactly. Crisis. That does not mean that those three hundred people are relevant. You know, it means that people may be applying for roles True. that may not be necessarily fit into their profiles. There's a whole host of of um, things that go into it, and at the end of the day, all you can control is on your own your own self to control the controllables. You know. Yeah. Well, 
Actually, this is a good point. I mean, if you do want to stand out, obviously there is an avalanche of, of people available who want to work now. I mean, how can you stand out? Is it is it still about the CV or is it about, I don't know, your LinkedIn? I mean, where where's a, where's a good yeah, place look, to polish if you've yeah, got this look, time? Um, that's exactly it. Hopefully we all have a bit of uh, a bit of time now and there's definitely things that we can all be we can all be doing. And look, as basic as it does sound, yes, your CV is your first port of call um, because people just need to have this down before they do anything, before they start applying for any roles, I feel. Um, you need to make sure your CV mm -hmm. is spot on in terms of what you're applying for. Um, and I won't go into massive detail, but it's just really important to have your CV, you know, relating to the role that you're, you're applying for. You know, you might have experience in a few different industries, for example, but if you have experience in the industry that the role you're applying for, then you need to accentuate those, um, those points and bring them to the fore. You know, you need to give the most examples of work in that, in that particular bulk of experience. That makes it the most, the easiest to kind of put two and two together and put the pieces together that you are a good candidate for this position. Um, mm, so customize. Customize, sell, your, sell yourself um, on, on your CV. I'm not saying to, to kind of create a, a hugely, you know, I'm not saying create an essay of a CV, like a two to three pages is due, it, it will do, but it's important just to make sure your CV is relevant um, as much as it can be um, to the role that you're applying for. A lot of people just put, you know, responsibilities on on their cv also which is which is something that um you need you need to kind of do more you need to do more than that you need to put your achievements on as well and really sell yourself through those achievements because if you think about the next person who's applying True. for the role they may probably have done those same responsibilities but i want to see you doing those via your achievements and yeah, yeah exactly. what did you deliver? And that's what's what going to make you deliver? stand out at the end of the day. So really nothing down on, on small things like that on, on your, well, not small things, they're huge, but those things in this downtime is, is quite um, quite good. So once your CV is, is set, you know, cover letters, you know, some people do them, some don't. I know they're time consuming. I know it can be, um, it can be quite painstaking if you're doing it for every single role that you apply for. But if you ask me, are they worth it? The answer is yes. And, and especially, especially if you're not, a talented writer, it can be a bit tricky to to write a, a proper CV that reads mm. really well. I yeah, found. Well, yeah, um, that looks great. Look, it's obviously um, yeah, it'll be it'll come easier to to certain people than than others. Look, um, if, if people can obviously you know get a bit of help in in that area with with CV um, you know editors or whatever the case may be, but um, if you can just you know, really link it, link it as best as possible to to the areas that's required in the role that's that's going to put you in the best position. But um, look outside of the CV stuff, outside sure. of your, you know, your cover letters and and all these technical things, it's just about aligning yourself with the right people. Um, and do people still read yeah, cover letters? Yeah, they do. Uh, well, I can't speak for all people, but do I do I still read them? I I do. Um, I feel if so, I feel if someone has wow. a cover letter. It shows that extra bit of effort. It shows a bit of look that bit of um, proactiveness, um, and and that they're really wanting to apply for this job. You know, you can see how easy is it to apply for a role these days. You can be on your phone. You know, you can you can flick an application on the swipe of a of a button. You know. Um, <laughs> oh, it takes yeah, one yeah, second, exactly. right? So if you're they want it to be fast, but it's very hard to be mm. customized if you can just apply for a look, job that's, with that's one exactly click. exactly it. So I think when there's a cover letter in there as well, it just adds a bit more sustenance to it. And it, it really does mean that you, you're kind of putting, putting you know, a, a solid effort into applying for this job. And I, I, I certainly read them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because you really care. Exactly. So, so those are things that you can do. 
um, in terms of, of in this downtime. Um, and and yeah, look, outside of that, it's just um, something that I kind of touched on earlier. It's just aligning yourself with the right people. So if you work in marketing, go to a specialist marketing recruiter, by all means, <laughs> give me come to me. But uh, Oh, it yeah. helps because... Oh, I swear, I've I've spoken to some recruiters in in yeah. in my working career, and I swear mm. they don't know half of what I'm talking That's about. It. And I and I'm talking about the kind of metrics that a business wants to know about in regards to marketing, and they go, "Oh mm. yeah, they want leads," <laughs> and it's like, "Okay." Uh, and oh yeah, no, they just they need someone to come, and it's just like no, seriously, you need to speak to me in terms of you know uh, how is their brand going, how do, what kind of campaigns are they running, are they you know are they in a standstill position, are they moving, and yeah. it's just yeah, some some recruiters who don't really understand yeah. marketing don't really aren't able to articulate exactly what the role is and exactly what yeah the look, there can be certain pitfalls for for sure and that's kind of looks back to the way we go uh, exactly yeah. no look um look i i kind of um i want to specialize because i know the area and it's as simple as as that if i was doing a, a generalist marketing role or a generous recruitment role look i have no doubt i wouldn't be um you know as successful so my advice is to align yourself with with companies and people that have specialist recruiters in, in the area that you that you work um, and that's the way to do it and look don't just go to you know you can obviously go to you one and you kind of have um, a good relationship with, with recruiters but you know you have to get across the market as well and you know it's it's important to, to kind of have have a number of chats also you know not just with recruiters but also with your your network people are sometimes a bit hesitant to to dip in and consult with their network of past peers and employers and and stuff like that i'm not, not too sure of course Nervous. fear of yeah. rejection or fear think, of looking yeah, fear of bad. showing a bit of vulnerability yeah. perhaps um and but i'll yeah. tell you it's a really really valuable thing to do because if someone refers someone to me i will absolutely meet them i'll you know uh, whether i have you know a role or, or not i know it's going to be someone um look someone's put their not name on the line but someone has you know um stuck the neck out for someone else and it's it does carry a lot of weight so referrals and networking is so important to do it's not just about talking to, to the likes of me and um and applying direct it's it's something to tap into as well, as well you know so um it's it's kind of a multifaceted approach sure. hey there was just one other thing i wanted to quickly ask you about and that is psychometrics mm -hmm. yeah how how important is you know either you know strengths based you know assessments and psychometrics in recruiting does it have more of a place now in terms of not just whether the person can actually do the role but whether the person has the strengths to match the role or shares the same values as the company i mean do, do you do yeah, you know look, much about that in terms of psychometric that is very much like it is company by by company it's not something that's iron fastened across every company does it only certain companies will have it as part. do you and find them helpful though a lot of it look you, to be honest you... a lot of it is external and it's done between the actual candidate and the external uh, company itself so it wouldn't um, actually go through uh -huh. us we may facilitate it um, and it's kind of it determines hmm. helps decision making from the the client um the client side but it, but it wouldn't be something that from we're actually you know involved in the detail of um it's more from from their perspective um to kind of see yeah, how they how they would potentially mm -hmm. fit look it, it really just does depend on the company it doesn't really yeah flow through us in terms of the, the detail unfortunately on that one 
Mm. No, I just think about that in terms of how recruiting and HR is evolving mm. in the future. You know, how how can, how can we make the process? Is there tools or technology or neuroscience? Are there are there tools that can make recruiting easier and faster or better for the? Because you know, uh, mm. staff turnover is is. But maybe you know, maybe short tenure is just a part part of our fast moving economy now, and our and our fast paced business lives, where businesses start up and shut down and get mm. acquired and bought. And maybe this is just our new reality. But no, I think about the future of HR and recruiting, and and you know, is because we've had CVs and recruiters and stuff for for, for mm. years and for decades. And I'm just wondering if if AI is going to come in, or, or now I'm really just <laughs> I I'm really getting ahead of myself. But but I I I do think about if these things are actually going to impact it, the it, look, industry. It, it may be the case. Um, look, for now, I think it has a value. I think it's used um, in places in areas, but it's it's um, it's certainly not um, you know covering the the whole landscape. Yeah, exactly. It's still but quite small. Look, who knows what the, what the future brings with that and how much we may or may not come to, to rely on, on on things like that you know it's it's kind of it's up in up in the air really and um yeah i suppose it's uh it's something that we can kind of keep our um yeah keep our, our eyes on and see what happens yeah cool no that's th hey thank you so much i mean i I've, I've kept you a little bit longer than i than i said i would but i've i've just really gotten an immense <laughs> amount out of chatting with you today and i know uh, once this goes live, uh, other people are going to get immense value out of this as well. So thank you so much. No for worries at all. Look, as today. I said at the start, it was really good to come on um, because, look, I have to say I'm in a pretty unique position where I talk to a lot of the markets. So uh, more than happy to, to kind of yeah give back a little bit of what I've been been learning too. So thanks for having me on today. Sure, sure. Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way to yeah, contact look, you? Where can, can they uh, find just, you? You can uh, go onto my my LinkedIn. Obviously, Michael Michael Barry. You can find me on that. Add me on that, or send me send me a mail, or else you can um, obviously go on to uh, my email address as well. Um, I can I can provide that if needs be. Okay. Okay. Cool. No, that's that's perfect. Again. Thank you so much. I hope you get through this pandemic okay, and you stay sane and hang in there. And um, yeah, hopefully no, I'll thank you very much outside. for all of that. And look, best of luck with you as well. And and yeah, look, fingers crossed, we'll all come out of this better and stronger. Thanks, Fiona. Cheers. Awesome. Bye bye. Thanks, Michael. So thanks for listening. If you like the show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. Also, please visit thismarketinglife.com to view the show notes and subscribe to future episodes. I would love your feedback. If you have any burning questions on marketing management, you can ask on the website, through Twitter, on the Facebook page, or just email me at hi at thismarketinglife.com. I'm Fiona McEachran. Until next time, keep marketing. <laughs>